Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show showdown edition. Yet another wild one today between the Packers and the Cardinals NFC showdown and a lot of guys out injured COVID-19 list. We're going to talk about all of that. Get into the nitty gritty with some wide receivers that I guarantee many of you have never heard of. I'm Dave Lochran on Twitter at Lafay underscore D joined by Matt Gajeski as always Matt underscore Gajeski and former defensive end for the Chicago Bears joining us at least once a week here on the strategy show Alex Brown AB at Alex Brown 96. What's up man? Not much man hanging in there. Good morning. Yeah you rocking no hat today got the fresh cut feeling good. Yeah, my wife jumps on me about that. I jump out of the barber chair and I immediately put my hat on. It's like, why do you get a haircut? I'm like, all right, I'm going without a hat today. How, how often do you, are you an every three week guy and every month guy, every two weeks? Because like, I know you got to be on TV too for the yeah, post game yeah. and pregame shows. I'm, I'm not going more than two weeks. No, okay. I'm not going more than two weeks. And then sometimes I'll just go get lined up just because I know I'm going on TV. In the off season, then I might go a month month and a half and I just look like trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a three week guy myself, but I can get to a month if I need to, for sure. Yes. Matt, what's going on, brother? How we doing, man? I'm excited to talk to these Green Bay Packers today. <laughs> Don't even give me a chance to take a sip of water here. You just uh, asked yeah. me how I was. Yeah, well, come on. I mean, I, you, you've done this before. You know how it works. Dude, I can't predict your drinking habits. You can't. I can try I to predict these predict games, but your drinking habits, man. Seconds. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot to talk about. Happy to have all of you guys with us. Uh, and, of course, coming up after this NBA strategy show, I would advise you to tune into that. Our boy Adam Sher just took down uh, some monster cash last night, I think 100K. So solid night for him. He'll be on with Josh Ingleman breaking everything down for a six-game slate. Did you, Matt, did you by any chance? So I had posted something about Mark Davis and like, what would it take? How much money would it take for you to rock the Mark Davis haircut for, for a year? Right. You can pay me enough money. Really? I don't think so. AB, what about you? I know you got, uh, oh, there's enough money for me. It's, <laughs> I don't care what the haircut is. Oh yeah. There's enough. But you've seen Mark Davis's haircut. I mean, no, I need to see it, but it didn't. It doesn't matter if I get uh, the, if wait, I get the dude, blank check. If I get the blank check, that, that uh, dude, Google it. Google it right now. Just CEO okay. of the Raiders. Google Mark Davis haircut. You All might right. change your mind. I'm not even joking. No. no okay. I'm not. Absolutely right, just, not. Just go. Just Google. I, I'd like to see what you think of this. <laughs> How long do I have to wear it? <laughs> oh, I told you, a year, and you a can't year? wear a hat. You can't cover it up in public. You'd have to go on Comcast Sportsnet for post-game shows with that haircut. Wow. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's going to take, a, it's gonna take a, a very large check, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not – hey, listen, listen, I'm not Mike Tomlin. There is, there is a big enough check for me, all right? <laughs> would, you, would you do it for 200K for a year? No, 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 no. no. So it's got to be seven figures. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what I thought. But somebody photoshopped the Mark Davis haircut on Alex Baker on Awesome yesterday on Twitter. And it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Tyler, put that put that on the screen if you get a chance, because everyone will thoroughly enjoy this. Uh, yeah, it's a it's <laughs> that's, awesome. it, that's a seven figure haircut for sure. Uh, Other, what, what billionaire walks out and is like, <laughs> that's the one that that's the one right there. I know. 
Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Matt, he came out for the yesterday to talk to the press with that haircut, obviously, and a backpack on. And it was just, I mean, one of the weirdest things you're ever going to see. He just looked really, really uncomfortable. I mean, as he should be. A lot of, a lot of bad things happening in that situation. And I, I don't know. I have any defense for his look specifically. And I, I don't know what's going to come of it. That dude, I don't know how you operate with that kind of haircut. Would you do it or be taken seriously, right? I don't think he is. Like, if you aren't. <laughs> would you do it for seven figures, Matt? You would. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, so is it worth is, the shame every single day? I don't know. What money is at some point money is just like I would rather like have my like happiness and dignity. Right. I was gonna say you're dealing with crippling depression and humiliation every day. You can't tell people you did it for money either. You just have to be like, I I dig this cut. I don't think there's any money in the world that's worth <laughs> that shame. No, there is. There definitely is. Oh man. I'm gonna be in. Dude, I'm, I'm happy uh, over here with my life. In a year and <laughs> right. one day, I'm gonna be, be fine. I'm gonna be That's okay. a great call. Just <laughs> ship off to an island where no one sees you anyway. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Ham Daly said he'd do it for five bands. All right. Uh, you see, I, I, that's fair. Yeah. Look at that. Look, you got to look at the screen. Look at that cut of Alex right there. Someone perfect Photoshop. That's incredible, man. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Happy to have you guys here. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And uh, subscribe to the channel. You know it. All this content will always be free no matter what on YouTube, but it helps us out a ton. You know, combating the YouTube overlord, the algorithms, it, it does much for us to continue to help grow this channel and put out the best content we can. So smash that thumbs up, hit the subscribe. And if you want to join the channel, if you want to join the channel, hit that join, get the custom emojis. Uh, the badges, the cool, sweet badges, the, the, the shout outs and, of course, priorities. Whenever you have comments and questions, we'll throw on the screen and all of that great stuff along the way. So we got you. If you want to hit us up. If you don't, that's OK. We're just glad you're here watching these shows. Anyway, A.B., let's dive into this. Oddly, I'm excited to talk about this game, but I mean, how big of a loss? And I know on, on the surface, it's like, you know, it's a huge loss. But in terms of we know how good Rodgers is, we know how good Aaron Jones is. We know this team is six and one uh, since that crushing loss to New Orleans, where everyone hit the panic button after one week. How big of a loss is Devontae Adams and his 33% target share tonight as six and a half point dogs in the desert against the Cardinals? Absolutely insane. I mean, it's a nightmare for Green Bay because they're in a battle for top position in the NFC. And they get a chance to play the team that's in first place right now in the NFC. So, and you're missing your best player. I mean, your your best position player, I'll say. Um, he changes everything. He opens up holes for the running game. He helps Tunyon. He helps everybody get open. The coverage rolls to him. And he still beats it. But if you don't roll it, he'll crush you. So, he does everything. He is the blanket for Rodgers when he gets in trouble. When he needs a play, he's going to, um, he's going to Devontae. Uh, I watched it against my Bears not long ago, so he is the real deal. Him not being there just causes all types of problems for them. But I think we're going to see Rodgers kind of go to that – the running backs now. They're going to – That's what I think, too. Out of, the, um, out of the backfield a lot. Um, you'll see shorter routes. But I can't imagine – Arizona don't know this too. So sure. I think it's going to be a really tough game for him. 
I still think Jones gets peppered, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Jones is going to get I, like I'm talking eight, ten uh, targets in the passing game. And then he's going to run the ball 18 to 22 times. It, it, it wouldn't it really wouldn't shock me if his volume's huge. And Matt, the crazy thing is these sites release contests early now. So all, all of these guys are priced for Devontae Adams being in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Matt. creates an interesting dynamic with pricing because you don't really have to work with a lot of restrictions today. So you can basically jam in all the studs, which should lead to a lot of lineup duplication in tournaments specifically. In cash games, it's kind of one of those weeks where you just build an optimal lineup and let the opponents make mistakes. But in tournaments, we really have to consider roster construction, who we're captaining, and whether we're going to leave salary on the table or not. Alan Lazard's also out, uh, not because he has COVID, but he was unvaxxed in a close contact, so he's not eligible to play. Devontae Adams didn't travel with the team, but he's still not, I don't think, officially out yet. Uh, And then they did, this, this seems meaningless, but they did get Malik Taylor back reinstated from the COVID-19 list. So we'll break all of that down. I did want to say though, Matt, I will give someone a free year of awesome O plus plat. Okay. Thousand dollar value. If they do the Mark Davis haircut and make a cameo on our show once every two weeks for two months, and then they can get rid of it. Think anyone will do it? No, really? I don't think so. Am I eligible for that? (laughs) <laughs> I can't grow my I can't grow my hair like that though. So can I just get a wig, bro? You no, you can't do a wig because you could just take it off. Plus, you already have access to everything at Awesome. <laughs> the chat says they'll do it. You just legitimately want that haircut. It seems. I kind of I kind of want to see what it looks like. I want to see if I can pull it off. I, I I feel like you just have this respect for a guy that'll do that and come out in public like, hey. You know, fuck you. I'm rocking this haircut, you know? I mean, it is Halloween, so you can always play it off right now, you know? You That's can a good point. Until it <laughs> isn't Halloween. Yeah, until it is. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter, Lafayette underscore D. My handle's right there. If you will do I'm dead serious. I'll give you a free month. It's a $1,000 or a free year. I'll give you a free year of everything on the site. You do that, and you have to make a cameo appearance once every two weeks for two months. So four appearances, keep it for two months, and I'm, I'm dead serious. All right. Um, Matt, let me, let me stick with you for a second, dig into this a little bit more. So we can actually, let's start with the running backs here. I think that makes a little bit more sense because there's going to be so much to digest when it comes to the Packers. They are six and a half point dogs, um, tw- only 21 and, and uh, 0.75 total here. Aaron Jones, and you and I talked about this a bunch yesterday, in the six games that Adams has missed since 2019, he's averaging six targets, almost five receptions, 55 yards, and 0.67 touchdowns. And he has been a lot more involved as a receiver. Granted, you can't get a huge sample out of that, but it's still like 20% of the games they played between 19 and 20. What do you expect from the backfield tonight between Jones and then A.J. Dillon, who played as few as snaps since like week one? I think you'll see A.J. Dillon play less snaps in competitive games. Me too. They've just been willing to spell Aaron Jones in some of those contests. So if you just look at the games that are hyper-competitive, the games they have a decent lead in, or they're getting blown out in New Orleans, for example, you'll see A.J. Dillon play more snaps. But I don't think there's any question that Aaron Jones is just the more talented player. He's the more dynamic pass catcher. So when games are close, you are going to see a lot of Aaron Jones. And this game still projected within a touchdown spread, even with the Adams news. I do think you see a lot of Aaron Jones here. With that said, A.J. Dillon's still going to be involved, without a doubt. Just probably he's not going to be a 50-50 timeshare, but you will see Dillon on the field. 
I think so too. And you know, he only ran say eight routes last week, AB, but Dylan was targeted twice and he is, he's actually getting more work in the passing game than I would have thought this season. It's not like he's getting a ton, right? He only has what 12 targets. I think it is, but once in a while you're getting those two target games from him, which in showdowns at almost, you know, at a dirt cheap price, I think, what is he 1400 in the flex spot? If Dylan gets even seven or eight touches, that's a guy you have to talk about at that price, even if we don't think he gets a ton of volume. I actually think he's going to get a lot more playing time. And this is why, because the receivers are out. We, we get that. The two receivers, Lazard and, uh, and Devontae Adams, they're out. Now, I can really see them moving, um, moving Jones out and having him be one-on-one with a linebacker. It's just according to how Arizona's going to play it. When he motions out, I mean, let's say you start out with both of them in the backfield. If Aaron Jones motions out and they take a running back with him, well, that's a that's a matchup that Green Bay wants. Or they take a linebacker with him, that's a matchup that Green Bay wants. But you still got Dylan in the backfield. So I think you can see that. I think you'll see a lot of plays. I'm talking 20, 25 plays with both of them on the field at the same time. And they're trying to run stuff out of that. I, I think he's going to get a lot more play. And I'll have him hopefully more than the field because I, I think he I think he definitely gets the run and I think he scores. So the natural follow-up question to that is you're probably perfectly fine with having Dylan and Jones in some of the same lineups, right? Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely I am. Matt, what about you? Um, how much are you prioritizing these guys tonight, especially at their 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 price points? I think you cannot get away from Aaron Jones. He's just flat out too cheap among the expensive players. And I think that's borne out in the role we're expecting him to play, uh, looking at our projections, some of the chances of being like in the top lineup. He projects almost like on par with Aaron Rodgers, and he's coming in significantly cheaper, specifically on DraftKings, where salary is a little bit tighter traditionally. So Jones is a player that's really hard to get away from. Also, just his pass game involvement renders him game script independent. He's not somebody that's going to be, if they're yeah. down in the game, off the field. He's going to be continuing to play. And I think the Adams news, the Lazard news only helps that. And I think what's also interesting too, Matt, is when you talk about not being game script dependent, his passing game involvement isn't game script dependent either, meaning that he can still have two receiving touchdowns when they're playing with a lead in the event that this was a close game or a you know, neutral game script or positive game script. Like they're not going to script them out of the run because this is a close game. He's or out of the pass. He's going to be involved as a receiver regardless. And we saw that against Detroit and plenty of other spots. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I'm not sure about him getting moved out of the backfield a lot. Green Bay hasn't done that, but they also haven't played with this depleted of a receiving course. We're like really in uncharted waters, which makes this, this a good GPP week. To like AB's point, I do think they're going to do some weird stuff with their personnel. I wouldn't be surprised to see them use a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends, get some more Mercedes Lewis combined with Tunyon on the field at the same time. But ultimately, I think this rotates a lot and you don't see one clear player among these like really cheap guys that has that elite workload. We'll am see I though. Crazy I don't to think, think anyone though, else. Am I crazy to think though that I, Aaron Jones should be almost comparatively priced to Aaron Rodgers? No, based on the projection, they almost have the same exact projection overall. Yeah, and he's way cheaper, A.B. So I think if that captain spot ownership sits where it is, I mean, he's projected for 
12.9% captain spot ownership. Kyler Murray's at 28%. Obviously, he has a higher top play probability in our in our Osmo uh, showdown top plays tool. Totally free today. Use that over at Osmo.com and the NFL dropdown. It's an amazing tool. But yeah, I mean, we just have such a high leverage score for for Aaron Jones tonight that I think all of us are on board with getting a ton of jamming him in the captain spot in a lot of lineups. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to go back last year and look at their player personnel usage when Devonte Adams was out because they did use a lot more, I guess, two back sets last year specifically. So while we, we talk maybe about some other position, I'll try to get those numbers for you guys so we can try to iron that out. Yeah. While you do that, I'll say this much in the two games that, that Devonte Adams missed last year, uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers combined for 18 targets. So I'm on board with that, no doubt. And I think even more of that goes to Jones, or less goes to Dylan than would have gone to Williams. All right, AB, let's talk about this passing game because this is it's getting dicey. You have no, well, presumably no Adams, no Alan Lazard. Uh, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling traveled with the team to Arizona. He's expect he he hopes to play. But I don't know in what capacity he's he's been out for four games on the IR with a hamstring injury. And at, at this rate, if he plays and they don't expect him to be limited at his price point, I don't even care if he's going to be chalky. I'll probably have an insane amount of him just given the the dearth of options elsewhere in this passing offense. You you absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to have to play him if yeah, he if he'll be in. I mean, he he should be in. Devontae Adams. You think he'll be in. limited though? No, not if okay. he's in. Not if he's in, because, and this is why, because you're going to need him for the rest of the season. So if he's limited, just give him this game off, honestly, because then he has almost like a week and a half to get ready for the next game. You got more time for him to heal. So um, if he plays, he's ready to go. Um, And you absolutely have to play him, I think. Um, uh, As far as uh, the – Running situation. Oh well, the the passing game. I don't really see Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude. Now, if if you don't if, if he don't have confidence in you, he's not throwing you the football. So I think you'll see a lot of Cobb. You're gonna see a lot of MF, MVS. Like you'll see a lot of them getting the targets in Tanya, and then it's gonna be Jones. Um, Jones will get targets out of the backfield. I think you can really narrow it down. Now you might get a guy that has that one catch or two catches for 66 yards and a touchdown or something like that. But, and they're going to throw the ball. I mean, you, you got to think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're going to have to score some points. I think they will be trailing in this game. Their defense is just oof, not very good, especially against this type of offense. So I think they will be, uh, they'll be trying to score a lot of points and Aaron Rodgers will have to, it will have to come to him. Matt, one of the stats that amazed me when I was researching this game yesterday was MVS has eight deep targets on the year in three games. And Devontae Adams leads the team in deep targets with 14. We obviously like them, especially when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who you know can give them high-quality deep attempts. His eight targets in three games are still five more than anyone else on the team that's going to be active today, um, even if Lazard was active. So – MVS is a high upside option when it comes to just getting those those big play opportunities in this offense. And we saw that through the first three weeks in terms of the deep ball. I remember talking with you about this this offseason when we talked about the Packers player personnel and who are they going to start outside Devontae Adams. 
And the one thing we kept coming down to with MBS is he has a skill set that's not redundant on this team. Right. So even even before the Randall Cobb trade, and then when Randall Cobb did come over, Randall Cobb's redundant with Amari Rogers. They're both typically not on the field at the same time. They're slot only receivers. And then other players like Lazard and Equinemius St. Brown, these bigger bodied receivers that typically aren't as fast or as skilled downfield, they just don't play the same role as MBS. So even though MBS is not the most targeted receiver on the field, his skills as a burner, a true deep threat option, are valuable to this offense, even when he's not being targeted. You need to dedicate coverage to a guy that can take the top off the defense. So he's very important to this offense overall. And I think if he's fully healthy, he would just by de facto play the most snaps among receivers. I'm with you. And I think he probably gets the most looks as well. Agreed. Uh, right? He- like he... Of the, of the trustworthy receivers, Matt, you don't have much. Aaron Rodgers praised Equinemius St. Brown uh, this past week for his practice and for how he's uh, composed or how he's, how he's um, essentially how he's been able, how he's been despite not really getting used often. Um, and then you have guys, like I said, Malik Taylor. I think Tanyan is a good red zone threat because Devontae Adams is one of the most elite red zone threats in the league. He saw more goal line attempt or targets than anyone in, in football last year. So you have to think about that too. But I, I guess to you and then AB, I'll ask you guys the same question. Outside of MVS, who do we look towards as guys in the passing game that we like? Because they could definitely be playing from behind a bit today and need to throw. Everybody's going to play MVS. Okay, everybody's gonna play him. I, I honestly think that uh, St. Brown, like think, think about how this game or how this team is. Without Devontae Adams, nobody's changing their defense for anybody on this offense. Nobody, they're trying to stop the run. Mm-hmm. So they're not afraid of anybody. So Valdez Scantlin, he gets, he gets these, these situations where he gets to run as one-on-one because Devontae Adams is taking the coverage. There's no Devontae Adams, so they're playing basically a basic-type defense. He's not going to run past the safety, whereas I saw it against the Bears last year where he had a bunch of plays and he's just running one-on-one. He's not going to get that one-on-one now. So I don't, I don't think he's going to get those deep targets. I think they come because, uh, because Adams is on the other side. Now, I think he's very similar as far as the output that they're going to give Tonight to Brown. I really do. And Brown is much cheaper uh, than Valdez Scantling. Not to mention, we don't really know. We assume that that hamstring is okay, but we don't really know. If he toots it again, he's out. And that's a lot of people that's going to be done because they're going to be playing him. So I'm actually going to go away from him a little bit. Um, So just for that. Sorry. (laughs) I just wanted to say that part. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I I get where you're coming. I have no problem with coming in underweight on a guy that that has a hamstring that's coming off a hamstring injury. I also think Rogers is just so good at throwing guys open that sometimes he can make players look better than they are. Absolutely. You know, I, I guess Matt, when it comes down to it though, it can't just be Aaron Jones in the passing game with MVS. Like Randall Cobb probably gets involved. Robert Tunyon, Equinemius St. Brown, I mean, Amari Rogers is going to be on the field. Uh, Jawan Winfrey was put back on the practice squad, so I don't think you'll see him. But like Malik Taylor, it feels like we're going to have one of those games where one of those players I just mentioned, some of whom, like I said, you guys have never heard of. It feels like one of those games, Matt, where one of them is going to have like a 50-yard touchdown, and you're going to really hope and pray that he's in your on your lineup. 
That's probably true. And I think predicting it is going to be very, very difficult. So I went back and I grabbed those numbers to AB's point on the two back sets from the games that Adams missed last year. And the Packers only ran 11 personnel. So that's three wide receivers on the field, 36% of the time. Their usage of 12 personnel and 22 personnel or 21 personnel, those are two back sets, went way up. They were actually over 40% of the time using two running backs on the field. And then I went back and checked where they were coming, whereas anyone in the slot, and they weren't. They were using them as true running backs. A lot of that coming with the motions AB mentioned. So that, I think that's a really sharp point that's going to go overlooked today. People just going to assume Marquez Valdez-Scanling is healthy. But even when they had Lazard and MVS healthy last year and Adams was out, they weren't using 11 personnel. They were using two tight ends. They were using two backs. Small sample. This could change at any point, depending on your opponent. But I do think that's worthwhile. So was... Was it Mercedes Lewis? I'm assuming Mercedes Lewis and it was Robert Tunyon, right? So yeah. what about Mercedes Lewis today? He's a blocker. He gets targeted like very seldomly on occasion. And I don't think he's going to be out there for that role that I think they might use some other tight ends they have on the roster, potentially if they're trying to run two pass catchers. When Lewis is on the field, I think it's very specifically for blocking situations, pass or run. Multiple targets in four straight, though. So on these showdowns. What's the so max in that span? What's up? What was the max number in that span? Um, nine. He had a nine-target game? No, no, no. Three. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, like, he might have multiple targets, but there's no way he's even getting five. No, no, he's not getting five. I mean, you're hoping, you're hoping for two or three. But it's a showdown slate, Matt. We'd be remiss to not mention these guys. Oh, no, least, you're right. We have to. Like, even if you don't like them, you know, so. Uh, I get it. So, A.B., who do you go to then? You talk about Equinemius St. Brown. Can we agree that some of these are just dart throws, though, where it's like if you're mixing them in, you might get a Malik Taylor, you might get an Amari Rodgers, or, and just hope that they're out there? Now, like Matt said, though, I, so, okay, hold on. Matt said that, that last year in these situations, it was only two games, I believe, um, that they weren't running a lot of 11 personnel, not a lot of three wide receiver sets. So maybe – Maybe the these really cheap, obscure receivers that people are going to try and get it. Maybe that's the wrong move, and we should be looking more towards Dylan and, and spots like that. I, I'm telling you, I, I love the two backs. I, I love the two backs. I think Aaron Jones obviously is going to get the, the bulk of the carries, but I think Dylan's going to have a big play in that as well. And, yes, the, these are dart throws, but um, you can throw a dart either across the room or you can get a little closer and throw the dart. So it's still a, it's still a dart throw, but I, I just believe there's a, there's a chance, um, a real good chance that you'll get more than you're, more than you're buying uh, with St. Brown, um, Randall Cobb. I think they're going to be, I think, look at, look at what Arizona does and Chandler Jones. You don't want Aaron Rodgers sitting in the pocket and Chandler Jones is coming after him. So they're going to be getting that ball out quick. Uh, Valdez Scantlin is a deep threat guy. I mean, that's a five to seven step drop type of deal. I don't believe they're going to do that. Batiari, their left tackle, I don't believe he's back. So you don't really want Chandler Jones um, coming after. He had five sacks against Tannehill. Now, he hasn't had one since, <laughs> since that first week. But uh, they got some pass rushes over there that can get after the quarterback. I like Cobb. I like Brown. Um, the both running backs. Yeah, I mean, they're. I, I think they are dark throws, but I think they're pretty good plays. I think Robert Tunyon could be a two touchdown guy today as well, or at least a multiple red zone target guy. He saw three 
red zone targets in the two games Adam was out last year. Small sample, but I, I guess the question is like once you get down there, and we know Rodgers likes to throw inside the 10 yard line. Is Tanya not your best option other than Aaron Jones once you get down there close to the goal line and you're in space and you don't have much space? I think at this point he probably is. And they just don't have any options that are locked in, like secure options with the team. I mean, maybe you could argue Randall Cobb. There's just a lot of familiarity there going way back from the past, but he doesn't have that sort of big-bodied frame that Tunyon does in the right. red zone. But like when you're targeting these players that are super cheap, and ultimately I think it comes down to we don't know what Green Bay is going to do. We can look at last year in a two-game sample where they use a lot of two backs and two tight ends and say, okay, maybe they do that. But at the same time, they brought in Amari Rodgers on day two of the NFL draft. They brought in Randall Cobb via trade to provide depth for these situations. Maybe that's the depth they were looking for, and now they continue to use 11 personnel. So the way I'm leveraging this for DFS with these cheap punt plays is looking at our ownership projections. And right now we have a lot of Randall Cobb, a lot of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and we don't know that they're going to be on the field. So I would rather take some leverage spot with your A.J. Dillons, your Tonyans, your Mercedes Lewis, your Equinemia St. Browns, take some leverage on the field in a spot where truthfully nobody knows other than Matt LaFleur what they're going to do. A.B., defense, kickers. I know you love talking kickers for these showdown sites. Anything <laughs> else here for the Packers? I, how can you not like – I mean, I, I know how. I could not like uh, anything Green Bay. But um, as far as Crosby, I mean, you know, he, they, they have coming. full confidence in Crosby. They, he's going to, if they get in within the 40 yard line, I mean, you got to think, I mean, at, he's going to get a few opportunities. Can he outscore the St. Brown, the Valdez Scantling? Like, can he outscore them? And I think, yes, Crosby can. Um, so I think there is some validity in looking at, uh, some of these, uh, the, the kickers are afraid of me to kick, shoot, he, he can go one kick, 50 yard field goal, and he can outscore some of these punt plays that you're making. So yeah, I, I think you definitely need to mix in some of the kickers. Someone commented earlier, they said, we all know AB is going to take down the Millie tonight and he'll definitely have a kicker in that lineup. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> no, AB loves the kickers. Matt, any thoughts on, uh, on Crosby here? Yeah, I think he's fine. I We have a long sample of Crosby being a good kicker, so I'm not really worried about some of the misses he had earlier this year. If you remember back, like, it might have been four or five years at this point, Crosby had, like, a little stretch where people thought he was going to get caught, and then he came back, and he was one of the best kickers in the league. So variance happens with these guys. It's a high total game. Green Bay is on the bad side of that, too, so you would suggest that would suggest that maybe a higher percentage of their points come from kicking. So I like Crosby. Defense is really volatile. Green Bay scares me with just the injuries they have to their secondary facing Kyler Murray, who's also not a guy that takes quite as many sacks because of his scrambling ability. So Green Bay's defense, I think, is a little scary. But in big tournaments, I think you can. You guys haven't checked out Jock Market yet. You see it right up there. You use 100 or you get a $100 match deposit bonus up to $50 when you sign up using the promo code AWESOMO. If you're not familiar with Jock Market, well, all you got to do is download the app and check it out. J-O-C-K space M-K-T in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Essentially, they've turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange. You can make money down to the hour, minute, or the second. Now, obviously, one of the things that, that is a staple at, at Jock Market is buying and selling shares of players, right, in real time for real money. 
But what makes it more interesting is the fact that you can use the IPO, pregame IPO, to pick up shares of your favorite players. So you're not doing it only once the game started. You can do it way before that. So with your research or the shows you've watched or the tools you've used over at Awesomeo, you have a familiar read on somebody. You feel good about them. You can pick them up way cheaper than they're going to be mid-game and then sell them or hold them while the game is happening. Or one of the one of the other ways to look at this too is like an Anthony Edwards the other day. If you play if you play DFS basketball, he got off to an atrocious start. I think he had no points, six rebounds, and an assist at halftime. It was driving me insane. And then went nuclear in the third quarter. Finished with like 29 points in the on the day, 29 actual points. If you're seeing that in real time, and his price is bottomed out over on Jock Market, and you think to yourself, well, you know what? It's not that he isn't shooting; his shots just aren't falling. He'll get back on track and he'll pump these numbers up. Those are the type of guys that you're looking for. So take advantage of those swings. Take advantage of the variance uh, and, and, and the overall regression that you're going to see on a lot of these players, whether it be football, basketball, um, NBA, sorry, PGA, NHL, MLB, still got that going as well. Uh, all of that stuff over at Jock Market. And here's the best part. I told you if you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, you get a $50, up to $50 deposit bonus on your first deposit. But the first market guarantee means if you're a new user and you don't profit in your first cash market, NFL, NBA, whatever, you refund it up to $100. Win-win situation, can't lose. Download the uh, app in the App Store or the Google Play Store and use that promo code AWESEMO when you sign up. Oh, and we have free jock market IPO projections over at Osmo to help you out as well. All right, AB, let me go back to you here. We're talking about the Cardinals. They will be down JJ Watt going to undergo surgery again. And Deandre Hopkins hopes to play, but I guess as six and a half point favorites, we have to start off uh, acknowledging the elephant in the room. Kyler Murray is getting way more ownership than anyone else on this slate, but also has a way higher top uh, play probability than anyone else. How are you approaching him today for captain spots and everything else? Oh man, it, it's, it's so hard to get away from him in that captain spot, honestly, uh, because of what he can do with his legs. Um, I think everything, obviously, uh, passing is going to come through him, but you look at Green Bay's defense and you see what they've done in the past just this year, you see they've given up damn near 100 yards to Heineke rushing. Um, no. give up. Jared Goff ran for almost 50 yards against them. Jared Goff never runs. So if, if they're playing two-man or three-man or whatever and they take their eyes off the quarterback, it's just, just – I mean, he, he's just stealing at that point. So I can see him running for – I mean, he's going to get eight, ten, maybe even – 11 points just on the ground alone. And that's without rushing for a touchdown. So I think it's very hard to get off of him um, in that captain spot. Although if he's super owned, then Aaron Jones, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of, he, everything Green Bay does is going to have to be him. <laughs> if, they, if they're going to be successful in this game. So I can, I can understand it, but I don't think he outscores uh Kyle Murray tonight I think he is the captain play what about you Matt I love Kyler Murray again it's similar to like when Lamar Jackson's on the slate Alvin Kamara from our most recent showdown game we talked about he still has a positive leverage score even with the immense ownership he's receiving in the captain spot in the utility spot and sometimes there's just these plays where they should be close to 100 percent owned because they're so involved in their offense with Kyler 
He's one of the premier dual threat signal callers in the NFL. He hasn't been rushing as much as late. I would chalk that up to they just haven't really been in competitive games. They've just been blowing out a lot of their most recent opponents. Kyler, we know, has that upside. So even at immense ownership, he still probably isn't owned enough. The problem with Kyler Murray, Matt, and not to say it's really a problem, right, is that he kind of has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the pass catching options. So if you're captaining Kyler Murray, on one hand, it's nice to know that he can get there rushing, but he has rushed for one, six, and 10 yards over the last three games. A lot of that just because he hasn't needed to. Like, why, why, why let Kyler Murray run and risk any form of, of injury with an undefeated team when you're up by 30 points? You know, they, they crushed Houston, they smoked Cleveland, and then they were locked into a battle with San Francisco, but, and, and he only rushed for one yard on seven attempts. The, the rushing upside hasn't really been there this season for Murray. Early on, it was. He scored in three straight games, marginal rushing production. Uh, but overall, the question is, where are we going with pass-catching weapons? I swear, man, I, I know this sounds crazy, but this is almost as difficult as the Packers pass-catchers. When you've got Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and then DeAndre Hopkins, who hopes to play, and we have no idea what condition he'll be in and is really just like the Rob Gronkowski of wide receivers this year used only in the red zone. Yeah, he's been playing hurt the whole year. He's been on multiple injury reports, but he still pretty clearly leads the team in targets, had nine targets last week. That's a 32% share, and he is being used downfield a bit. He had a 29.5% air yard share last week. So DeAndre Hopkins, I still think, is the clear receiver you want to get to if you're stacking up this offense. And he's not egregiously priced. He's, he of course, like, below some of the elite options, but people will not click on his name as much just with Aaron Jones being right there, the two quarterbacks. So Hopkins does provide some leverage from there. I think you can just mix and match these players based on tournaments. And it does create an environment where probably there's not as much duplication. So Christian Kirk and AJ green are virtually the same price, completely comfortable getting to both of them. The one player who kind of has had his role depressed is Rondale Moore. Last week with Zach Ertz coming over, Rondale Moore on the field even less. And that's because Zach Ertz, while he's listed as a tight end, he often is running out of the slot in that big slot role, not lined up as an actual tight end. Arizona loves to use four wide, but sometimes their player personnel packages is kind of misdiagnosed based on who the, who's on the field rather than where they're playing. Zach Ertz, a lot of the time, is that big slot receiver. I got to get a new mic. I don't know what's wrong with it. Hit that like button if you haven't done so yet. Get us up to 100, fellas. We're almost 350 people watching. You know, basketball's back, but, I mean, football still reigns supreme, right? Yeah, yeah, Always. No. What's that? Always. Always, right? And, and I love daily fantasy basketball, but the football season always goes way too fast is the problem. We're, we're halfway. Week, it's crazy. We're at week eight already. I know. It's nuts, man. So but we got an extra week this year, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. For us Eagles and Bears fans, that might not be good. It's not. Like, that's why you need to play DFS, right? Because otherwise, we're just miserable. It's just miserable, seriously. AB, how do you attack the passing game here for all of the, the, the variable, various options we have? And let's not forget about Zach Ertz either, who was clearly involved in his first week with the Cardinals and made a big impact. Guy even had a rushing attempt inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. This is playing this side. Um, it it's super it's super tough. I mean, what what are you looking for? If there's one guy that's gonna get 
14 catch or get that ceiling of 14 targets, it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you can look at Christian Curd as being the maybe he doesn't need that many. He needs four or five, and he can give you that big play down the field. Um, I that's a mix and match. I'm it's how they're how they're playing, and I think Green Bay has shown over the year how they're playing defense isn't changing and they're taking away options in the passing game. And I know Calamari hasn't ran the ball because people aren't playing him this way because everybody's playing him because you got to keep eyes on him because he will run. They're not just leaving that particular um, job up to their front four. That is what Green Bay is doing. They're doing that week in and week out. That's why we see these quarterbacks rushing for yards because they're taking away these options in the secondary or in the secondary in the passing game, he's going to tuck it and run because there's not going to be anywhere to go with the ball unless he just dumps it down to the running back as almost like a check down. But that's going to be a four or five yard um, completion there. So I like Christian Kirk. He gives you that big playability. Obviously, I mean, I I love DeAndre Hopkins. I have him on my fantasy team. So uh, I really want him to do well. But as far as if I'm taking one of them, you're going to play Murray and then maybe one. Uh, if I'm trying to jam in Rodgers and all those guys, all the big names on the other side, I mean, maybe i take Kirk. I don't know if you'll be able to get all the big names and DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, it's going to be tough. It'll be tough. It is. And Matt, uh, no Jair Alexander, obviously. he's gonna. It's going to be tough for him to even make it back this season. They might be down Kevin King, too, though, right? So you could be missing multiple starting corners for the Packers tonight. Yeah, that's probably a, a net negative, though, for the Cardinals. You want <laughs> Kevin King out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's It is a joke. He's still their number two corner for a reason. He's likely better than whatever backup the Packers are trotting out. But to your point, very banged up there. Like Darnell Savage, one of their best safety, he's, he's been banged up. Really tough situation for the Packers. Even like, like Zadarius Smith. Losing him is a key piece of that defense. So they're hurting in some of the most impactful positions on the defensive side of the ball. When you have a team like Arizona that's going to stretch you, there are times where the Packers are going to have to have four DBs or even like put a safety up in the slot. When they're so depleted on that side of the ball, you're really digging into your reserves and the way they're going to play. Ertz, a big slot receiver, a gadget guy like Rondale Moore, field stretcher in Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins just being the alpha he is, albeit banged up. There's just very many ways where Arizona can take advantage of this Green Bay defense. I think it's going to come down to pricing for DFS. The fact is, unless you just go a middle-of-the-road build and play like Kyler plus A.J. Green and Christian Kirk, if you're playing Kyler plus Hopkins, you're going to be sort of funneled to the cheap Green Bay receivers. So I think this could actually be a leverage point on today's slate where you try to take multiple Arizona pass catchers but have them be in that middling range. So you're Green, you're Kirk your Ertz, and that way you're avoiding the pure chalk of the really expensive Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. I mean, you probably don't want to fade them both, but one of the two. And then you're fading the cheap Green Bay pass catchers that we just know don't have a clear role right now. Matt, you're a Bears fan? Yes, I guess you could call me that. I just always assumed you were the type of guy that didn't root for teams. I don't really cheer for the Bears. I mean, they have not been very good my entire life. Their Super Bowl run with Hester was awesome. But since then, I mean, like, 
basically since the Trubisky years. You just pissed AB off, man. Well, I'm a Bears fan. How does that piss him off? Because you because you you said their Super Bowl run with Hester. Seriously? No, oh, you got the team. guy who was oh, on the roster four years before Hester got there, and you give it to Hester. You, oh my gosh, I, you're talking to one of the guys that played. That on is that the team. most blatantly disrespectful thing. <laughs> guys, I just said the that. first name that came to my mind. Really, and I'm on this show with you, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So he wasn't the first thing that came to right mind. Wow. You know what? I thought I actually thought we were cool. I really did. We are. We are. <laughs> yeah, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Your face just went like, I mean, the the, the shock of hearing that, man, that Hester guy was good. Now, everyone else on that team sucked ass, but I love Devin Hester. Man, he was a rookie, too. I mean, you can't give a rookie that type of team. Jeez. I just remember he, I was, I was like, in fifth grade, so I remember he returned the opening kick. Okay, well, I do great. remember hey, that. Now, now you're making me feel old as shit. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? It's been great. You know what? Tomorrow <laughs> has been. This morning has been fantastic. I really appreciate that. This will be AB's <laughs> last show with Osmo, but it's been a great run, boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just messing with you, man. <laughs> That's great stuff, though. All right, uh, AB, but we'll get back on track here. You know, it's funny because we talk about how hard it is to to dissect this passing game, but it's not any easier with the run game either. Like Chase Edmonds is the best running back out there, but it's not like he's been getting ample opportunities. Last week, he played the most snaps he's played all season. That's good. Got a lot of carries, but and he even had a goal line carry, which is only a second on the season. I'm assuming, like, if I'm going to one of these guys, I still want Edmonds because of the pass catching upside. There's no doubt about that. And he's cheaper than Connor. So to me, that's easy. But watch Connor sneaks in another one of those two touchdown games that screws all of us, including Kyler Murray. <laughs> True. It, it very well could happen. But with their cost, I mean, if you just look on the other side, and this is me, if I'm taking one of them, I do believe they're all kind of in that same category as far as what they're going to score in this particular game with A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is going to be on the field a lot. I think he's going to be very comparable to these guys when the game is over. And he costs so much. He, he's, what, five times less uh, as far as salary goes. So he, I, I think A.J. Dillon, um, if you want to play a running back, just – if Connor gets the two touchdowns and 50 yards, I mean, hey, you know what? All right, you got me. You know, that, that's how I'm going to approach it. I would I would much rather have A.J. Dillon than Connor or Edmonds. And if I had to choose between the two of them with you, I like Edmonds because of um, the pass catching ability uh, or opportunity that he gets out of the backfield. Matt, what about the backfield for the Cardinals? I'm in agreement with you guys. It's just like crazy that – Edmonds has essentially no role at the goal line. Yeah. There's just he needs to score. If he if he does score, he needs to create that on a big play, like a big receiving score or some sort of run outside the red zone. Otherwise, Connor being the big back that he is, he's just gonna come in there and land on the goal line and fall into the end zone. With that said, we haven't seen a big play out of Edmonds this year where he does score. And at some point, I think it happens. So for me, it's still Edmonds receiving the workload that he is. I know Connor plays that very specific role for the team, 
but still prefer Edmonds overall, even at his price. Me when, too. I would. You, I, so go ahead. When, when you're looking at their look at the season and their points that they've scored so far, I mean, we're talking 11, 12 points for Edmonds and or for Edmonds and Connor, respectively, obviously. But their situation hasn't changed, right? Nothing has changed with them. And then you look over AJ Dillon; he's almost at seven points per game, and that situation has changed a lot. You know, there's a lot of production that has to go somewhere and it has to go somewhere in a week where you're playing a team that scores a lot of points. So they're going to have to get more from the guys that they trust, the guys that play. So um, I know I'm harping on it, but AJ Dillon, he's my guy. I like it. Are you going to captain spot him in any of these? Oh man. Okay. No. Uh -uh. What if it gets, (laughs) what if it got you to like, because running backs are weird like that, AB. If if he yeah. breaks one, yeah. You know, I mean, what what if what if it gets you to Murray, Jones, and Rogers in the same lineup because you're captain? I'm just throw I'm just throwing it out there. I, I think um with the cheap guys, I don't think you need to do it. Uh, I think you still captain Murray and get to Rogers and Jones and Dylan and of course Crosby. You know, like you got to get him in there. Of course, God. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but what are you hoping for if uh, if Dylan, if you captain Dylan? I mean, he needs, gosh, he needs he needs a big day. He needs seventy yards. He needs two touchdowns. Maybe four catches out of the backfield. I mean, could it happen? Absolutely. And if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen when the Packers are missing their top two receivers. So, sure. yep. Almost half of James Conner's production has come from touchdowns this year, Matt. Fantasy production. So, like, if he doesn't score, he's not getting there. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not the preferred pass catching back. He's not used whatsoever in between in between the twenties. He's not even really used in the red zone until they get right up to the goal line. Yeah, or exactly. In, in like these these short yarded situations, like your third, second, and one, whatever these the down and distance, but it's always close, and it's very clear what they're trying to do when he's on the field. All right. Any other thoughts here for either of you guys? Kickers, <laughs> defense, <laughs> any, anything else before we close it out with our favorite bets here and turn it over to the NBA strategy show? I think we had a pretty high scoring game, honestly. Um, I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not messing with the defenses, but I think the kickers will um, come into play. All right, Matt. I, if I'm taking the defense, it's going to be Arizona, just the big favorite here. Concerned without J.J. Watt, of course, and they, I mean, they haven't been generating as much pressure since that Tennessee game. Their secondary has really outperformed expectations, in my opinion, so I agree with A.B. I think it's a high-scoring affair. I'm going to prioritize kickers over defense, but if I'm running large bills, 150, anything like that, I'm just taking what I'm going to get. All right, let's build a quick lineup. We got to get out of here soon, but uh, I'm kicking this one off at captain today. Aaron Jones, too cheap. Ownership at the captain spot is not that high right now, and I have no problem pairing him with Aaron Rodgers. So if we're throwing Jones in the captain spot, A.B., who are we going next at flex? Kyler uh, Murray. I mean, I think you have to go in. If you go anybody, Arizona, has to be Kyler Murray. All right, let's do it. Matt, what do you got? We got Jones and Kyler Murray. So we have a couple expensive players already. I'm going to stack Kyler Murray with a pass catcher, but I'm not going to use DeAndre Hopkins so we can save a little bit of salary here. I'm going to go down to AJ Green, who's been the wide receiver too by a lot of metrics, and you get him a little bit cheaper than Christian Kirk. Love it. Also, a lot of targets inside the 10 this year, which uh, 
I like. Uh, I'll go. All right, let's have some fun with this then, AB. I'll go AJ Dillon. Let's yes. do it. We'll throw him in. That gives us 8150 remaining for the last two players. Jones, Murray, Green, Dillon with two to go. Oh man. Well, Mason Crosby. Let's go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's all right, go. All right. Matt, 12-3. All right. So I I would play this lineup depending on your tournament. If you're in a smaller field, just play Rogers, lock in the security. If you are playing the Millie Maker, something huge, and we're running into a lot of lineup duplication, I would put some salary on the table and play a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. So that way we have that big stack giving us upside and we left some salary on the table to differentiate. All right. Love it. And maybe you can get, if you wanted to swap AJ, if you want to, you don't have to swap AJ Dillon with a cheap receiver, whatever you want to do with like an equity of St. Brown or an Amari Rogers. If you wanted an actual non-running back pass catcher, there's a lot you can do there. If, there you, you, have if you switch AJ Dillon, ship me your money. <laughs> you really i mean you're sold on dylan tonight no, I, I might i might just have to ride with you on that because at this point it's 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 like you're willing it into existence yes so. i am yeah i uh, didn't i didn't like it at first till i went back and saw how much green bay used two backs without adams i'm with yeah. it let's do it let's yeah, it, had no, it had nothing to do with me talking about him all show but i mean it, it, it he didn't even know you were on the super bowl winning team <laughs> He didn't even know you were on the Super Bowl. Or not, it's not winning team, the Super Bowl team. You think he was going to give you credit for that? No chance. Zero. All right. Matt, oddshopper.com, where you can find bets in less than 30 seconds. I mean that. And you can click twice and get your bet in. It's a beautiful thing. You can sort by expected win rate, expected ROI, all of that stuff. You can go and isolate props, games, teams. It's amazing. And it's 100% free. Give me your favorite bet for tonight. Where are we going for Thursday night football? I think there's a lot of places you could capitalize on an edge tonight, just knowing these teams a little bit better than the sports books with all the injuries. One that really stands out is Mercedes Lewis under two and a half receptions. I'm going to guess this isn't available at all books. And you do have to lay some considerable amount of juice but it has a 90% win percentage based on the Osmo projections. And I've never seen one that high. So I'll take the under on Mercedes Lewis, two and a half receptions. Yeah. I'm all about that, man. And the, I should have mentioned too, as you mentioned, the juice can't find it everywhere. The thing about odd shopper, Matt is we tell you exactly where to find the best bet without you having to look. So it says it right there. DraftKings with where the best bet is among all of the books available to you. That's a huge, huge benefit and advantage when you're trying to make quick bets and, and, and not spend more than you have to on these just because you're on one book. Absolutely. It's huge. There's a player prop parlay tool, which gives you your expected ROI versus win percentage. There's so many ways to use the odd shopper tool to your advantage. And you can even go in here and filter based on teams, players, any sort of bets that you're looking for. Just so many ways to use odd shopper. All right. AB, I'm going with Chase Edmonds. But I'm going, this is so tough, man. All right, you know what? No, I'm going under four and a half receptions for Randall Cobb. And I'm going with what you guys talked about. There's going to be running backs on the field a lot. They're not going to be a lot of three receiver sets. So under, we have it at a 60% win rate. Best bet is over there on DraftKings. Give me that. Who do you got tonight? Sides, totals, anything, whatever you want, AB. Who's, what's your oh, favorite bet? I like um, JJ Watts out. 
Devontae Adams is out. I think Aaron Jones, he – this 57 and a half, I mean, I think he goes over that rushing. Um, I just don't – I don't see how he doesn't, and Green Bay stays in this game. So, over 57 and a half. I actually like A.J. Dillon over 30 and a half. So, I like both of those. I like them to run the ball tonight. I think they'll have a lot of opportunities to do it. One break, and they're over that. Easy. Love it. And one last thing before we go. Uh, this is why Odd Shopper is awesome. If you look, you have Aaron Jones. We show you the best over bet, 57 and a half on DraftKings. If you don't love Jones tonight on the ground, you can get the under at 59 and a half on FanDuel at minus 113. So basically no juice on that at all. I, I tend to agree with you, AB. I like the over. But if you don't, you're getting two additional yards and the same line. That's actually an even better line. So all of that, oddshopper.com. Shout out to our boy Tyler Zander for uh, producing today's show. Follow Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski. Uh, Alex Brown at, at Alex Brown 96. I think that's a number for me played on a football team or something. Yeah, yeah. way back when. I mean, uh, some people, some people's uh, favorite team, they say. That's, so. that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Stick around. NBA strategy show. Josh and Adam coming up next. Peace.